0: Hey, Real Nerds listeners, your favorite host Ryan here to remind you that social media is great. How great is it? There's many ways you can find the Real Nerds on social media. You can download us on iTunes. You can listen to us streaming on Stitcher Radio. You can call us 720-6Nerds5. Aw, man, our website is so cool. Welcome to Real Nerds at Denver Comic-Con 2015. We hope you enjoy the following interview. This is Ryan from Real Nerds Podcast at Denver Comic-Con 2015. Every once in a while, we get someone really cool on our show, and today we are blessed to have Ed Kramer, who worked with Industrial Light and Magic on the show. Hi, sir. Welcome to our show. Well, hello, and thank you for having me. Um, So, obviously, if you work at ILM, you are a computer-generated model
1: maker... How did you get into that? Okay, well, uh, fair question. I did computer graphics uh, for about 15 years before I sent a reel to Industrial Light and Magic, and that was in uh, 1992 that I sent that reel. So, what that means is that I've been doing this stuff for a long, long, long time. <laughs> um, from the late 70s, when I actually got my master's degree, I, I was using the physics department's computer to do animation for my film degree, Uh, and um, right after that, drove out to Hollywood, got a job at a company called Image West where I was working on computers that are called analog now. That means (laughs) that I I was programming these computers by turning knobs, flipping switches, putting wires in patch panels and connecting up circuitry uh, behind the scenes that would drive what was going on on the CRT. So basically from that, uh, I've stayed from that job. I got another job, got another job, got another job, always working in uh, Hollywood or New York or uh, uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, did, uh, and then I, I finally got my big break uh, working for a company called Kleiser Walzak and working with a visual effects artist named Douglas Trumbull okay anybody out there who's listening to this get on your uh device and look up doug trumbull because you'll find that he's he's one of the gods of the visual effects world and uh, we got to do some visual effects work for the luxor hotel when that opened from that uh i transitioned to working on uh, a couple of movies for jeff kleiser one of those was a movie called Stargate. Another one of those was a movie called Clear and Present Danger. Uh, sweet. Directed by Philip Noyce. And uh, based on the work from those projects... Oh, and at the same time, uh, Jeff also brought in probably the most famous job that, uh, that I've ever participated in. Uh, Jeff and his, uh, his partner, Diana Walzak, uh, and Joel Hynek and uh, a number of other artists and myself helped make the Columbia Pictures logo, the lady holding the oh, torch. Wow. So that was uh, that, that's kind very of, iconic. It's a pretty iconic image. It's, it is. Uh, it's something everybody knows. And uh, from based on all that work, I was able to. Um, uh, Talked to someone at Industrial Light and Magic named John Burton and another guy named Doug Kay and they brought me on uh, and I worked on Jumanji as my first film there. Very cool. Um, from for Jumanji, I worked on. Um, you guys remember there was a scene where the the, the police car is just getting yeah. progressively more and more destroyed throughout yep. the movie and finally a vine just comes out, wraps around and drags it yeah. off into the woods. Uh, so. That was one of the shots I was uh, fortunate enough to be asked to uh, be a technical director on. And um, so, you know, in a period of about uh, six or seven or eight weeks, you know, uh, a team of people was able to create that shot. That's how long it took to do that one shot in that movie. was six to eight weeks? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's not uh, unusual. And the shot may go by in three or four seconds and, you know, you've made an awesome three or four seconds and, and given you know six months of your life to do it. That's so cool, so as
0: you've been working on computers so long, did you have to retrain yourself
1: continuously because the advancement of computer technology advanced so fast in movies? I still do uh, <laughs> because what I do now here in Denver and why I'm here at the Denver Comic Con and I was a speaker on Saturday night um, about my old career, but my new career here is teaching, so Uh, I'm a full-time instructor at the Art Institute of Colorado and uh, I teach CGI. So I I teach uh, modeling, advanced modeling, lighting, advanced lighting. I teach dynamics. I help uh, the students with their portfolios um, and with their portfolio projects. So yeah, you know, I've I've made a uh, transition from that life to this life. What that has allowed me to do is reclaim the hours of my day because it used to be that, you know, the movie had to come first. It mm-hmm. always has to come first. If you're gonna do that work, you're basically signing an unwritten contract that the project comes first and, you know, the rest of your life, well, you know, it's gotta be put on hold and and, you know, there's a reason for doing that. The movies last forever. You know, I I, I get hit by a truck later today. I've still got my name on 24 movies, so... Yeah. um, So so you're wearing a The Lost World Jurassic Park. Uh, What did you do for Lost World? What a fun project. Um, The thing that made Lost World so great, first of all, is that, obviously, it's a Steven Spielberg production, (laughs) so, you you know, when you're in dailies and uh, and, and weeklies, uh, you're actually watching a direct transmission of Steven Spielberg himself but the thing that was that was just equally as good as working with steven spielberg was working with dennis muren because dennis muren is probably the most knowledgeable person walking the face of the earth about uh, visual effects for movies i mean his you know his background extends way before cgi started to be a thing and 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 he made that transition you know Extraordinarily, um, from old school to new school, and you know he's still the best person on earth. So, Dennis, kudos! It was uh, it was absolutely a, a blast getting to work with you, and and the other visual effects supervisors that were on that that movie, uh, Kevin Rafferty, Eric Matson, um, uh, my office mate Michael DeComo, was was awesome to work with. And, and this is what I do in my classes. I always mention people by name because I want my students to know that you know this really could be them mm-hmm. you know and I, I want to put that I, I show them pictures of people when I have pictures of them um, because I want everybody to you know understand that when you when you do work like this, you know which is going to live forever in in a movie it it's not you know done by gods who have you know cosmic buttons to press it's done just by people who this is what we really wanted to do for a living and we were lucky enough and and good enough at what we do to be able to do that kind of stuff
0: so you mentioned steven spielberg what do you think makes him such a great storyteller because you've seen his dailies and you see how it all comes together what separates him maybe from other directors because it seems like every movie he does captures magic and not every director can pull
1: that off. Well, you know, I, I think Steven, the first word that comes to my mind is enthusiasm. You know, and I'm, you know, I can't really claim to be buddy-buddy with, with, with Steven Spielberg. You know, I, I saw him in dailies. He was reacting he and Dennis Murin were interacting, and the rest of us were just sitting there and listening and watching and feeling unbelievably in awe of what we were being able to do and what we were being asked to do and for whom. Um, but, you know, I, I think Spielberg just understands m- movie-making at such a wonderful level that he, can, he he brings these touches that, you know other people may not have thought of
0: to be a computer artist too i imagine you have to have lots of patience one of my favorite uh special features on any blu-ray is on episode two of star wars george lucas is trying to get this right look out of yoda from his crew at ilm and they worked on it for like six weeks and all it was was an eyebrow like going at the right time does that ever get frustrating or is it rewarding when you finally get it
1: Well, everything you do at every point on a movie is research and development trying to achieve what's in the director's mind's eye. And, um, you know, you have a lot of people interpreting that for you. You know, the director will talk to the visual effects supervisor, the visual effects supervisor will talk to the sequence supervisors and the sequence supervisors will then talk to their technical directors and compositors and you know look development artists um so the whole thing is always a process you know it, it you you're, you never know exactly what your end goal is going to be um and you know uh, rob coleman is i, I guess if 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 anyone, uh, it would be Rob Coleman, who was Yoda, as mm-hmm. far as the CGI universe is concerned. Um, and, uh, and by the way, Rob recently was, uh, was the animation supervisor for the Lego movie. Oh. So, you know, people don't know that, but the guy who was animating, animation supervisor for Legos was the guy who also did Yoda. <laughs> Your secret's out, Rob. Sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but, sorry,
0: what, what's, the, what's the scene you've worked on that you're the most proud of in a film? Well,
1: you know, there, there's a bunch of answers to that. The, the most fun I ever had on a movie was working on the rock monster from Galaxy Quest. Oh, cool. Um, uh, Dean Pariso was, you know, sometimes you read a script and it's really funny. And then when you see it on the screen, somehow the director has directed funny out of it. <laughs> Dean Pariso was exactly the opposite. He took a script that, you know, was was humorous, but he made it incredibly funny. Um and so did the the, the Thermians and uh you know ev- everybody involved, you know, the entire cast. Unfortunately, I never got to meet them. I was not on set. Um Bill George was on set, uh and that must have been a a, a blast cuz Bill's a blast. Um But uh but working on the Rock Monster was the most fun I ever had on a project. Um, You know, the the scene that people know the most, obviously, is the Columbia Pictures logo. So, Mm -hmm. you know, one, if if that's a signature thing. But the thing that, uh, you know, I I like the best personally was the scarabs from The Mummy. Mummy 1 and Mummy 2. Wow. Um, And I did uh, more on Mummy 2. I also uh, supervised the jungle destruction sequence and had... uh, great technical directors like Eric Crummery working for me. Um, And uh but I think the the scarabs are probably my, my number one. That's the one I got to actually be on a DVD about in the bonus features of a DVD. So that's oh, yeah. my my actual. Other than this, right now, <laughs> that that was my first fifteen seconds of fame. <laughs>
0: because you know, actually, I'll ask you about that. Because did you guys use water as a reference for it? Because it seems like the scarabs moved in waves, but they all were individual. But for some reason, were able to move together. Um, what was your uh, research behind that, and how did you
1: pull it off so well? Well, you know, if, thank you for asking that. <laughs> it's, it's almost like I threw you that question. You did. Um, because that was the actual first thing that I needed to do uh, when I was given the task of supervising the Scarab sequence. Jim Hurahan is a software developer who had created a particle system and I had used one of Jim's early particle systems back in 94 on the Luxor project that I mentioned, uh, and flat, fast, fast forward a few years, and uh, now he and I are both working at Industrial Light & Magic. Um, and um, so those were geometry. So the modeler, first of all, the uh, the, the art director would um, would design the scarab, then the modelers would build the scarab, then somebody like me who understood materials would create the iridescent effect for the scarab, so that's one of the things that I did and I I actually borrowed some iridescence that uh, Chris Townsend had worked on for Boss NASA's shoulder pads Um, and um, so it's always a a team effort and then the animators would animate a, a skitter cycle so the scarab would be standing in place, and it would be just—it would, it would be like it was skittering around, but it would just be standing in one place. And then I would use that—I would take that skittering cycle—and apply it to a particle system animation, where I could control thousands of particles, and each one would get a skittering scarab. And then, uh, um, using the software software that was provided in the particle system, I could make it look like they were. Each moving on their own little trajectory, but if they got too close to another one, they would turn away from each other. And when you do that to an entire field of scarabs moving, we were able to, you know, and, and it, was, it was R&D, you know, it was, it was a development process. Um, but, you know, within a, a few days after starting to do the R&D, we had some really cool skittering scarabs, and you can still see some of that in my demo reel, which, uh, which is online at Vimeo. Uh, just type in Ed Kramer with a K 1m um, and, uh, and and you can actually see some I, I, in the edit I put process development of uh, of one of the scarab shots so you can actually see some of that early work if you look for it
0: so what do you think the secret is to keeping the CGI looking so good over years because the scarab scene in the mummy is what ninety nine but you Very probably I probably worked on it in 98.
1: Very good.
0: Um, and then you had The Lost World, 96, 97. How do you make it so it's still looks good? Because, honestly, I watched The Lost World on Blu-ray not even a few weeks ago, and it still looks amazing. Um, what's the secret to making it last so long? Well... You know the
1: secret is to work at industrial light and magic <laughs> um, which is something that I was able to uh have the extraordinary privilege to do from uh from nineteen ninety four to two thousand six so um you know i l m has a commitment to really do whatever it takes to make movies you know, just knock your socks off and blow your eyeballs out. And, and I, I don't know if it's written in the contract like that, but but you know, that's uh, that's why you go to ILM and, and that's why you get to work with the visual effects supervisors uh, like a Dennis Murin or like a John Knoll or Roger Gayet or a Ben Snow, or you know, there's there's hundreds of them that I'm, that I'm leaving out and I'm, I'm going to go home and say, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, everybody, Scott Farrar, I can't leave him out. Uh, Pablo Hellman. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, <laughs> could, ke- I could keep going. Um, but, uh, you know, th- that's the secret.
0: And, and do you think, too, that the name carries that with it, too? When you go into Industrial Light and Magic, you know you better give your best because of where they came from and where they are. I mean, I mean they're pretty much the effects house in America. And is
1: there a pedigree to work there? Uh, well, yes. Uh, it's, it's not... Um, where you know you go right out of school but but that's not to say that you can't do that i mean uh, the most talented people probably can mm-hmm. um but you know it, it, it there's there's a pretty high bar hell I, I don't think i could get hired there at this point uh, i've <laughs> taken too much time off um but uh you know I, but i some of my dearest friends are still there so uh, but I know I can't call him and say, hey, dude, tell me something about Episode 7. <laughs> yeah. And it ain't going to happen. What? I, I, I was hoping that we got you on here no. and you could
0: spill something about Episode 7 for us. No, of course
1: not. No. I mean, <laughs> and, you know, and, and that's part of the... Uh, well, that, I can't say that's an unwritten law because that probably is an actual written law. It but uh, No, is. you don't. You, you, you know you don't do that.
0: But, I mean, how cool is it, though, too, to be a visual effects artist and know that you're working on something, you've read a script and you know the movie's cool and you're waiting for people to respond to it. I mean, because... Uh, you know the scarab scene in the mummy. I think's the one that people respond to the most because it gives people the creeps, Thank and also, you. yeah, and also, it, I mean, they use it in the trailer, so you know that you did well. And then, how cool is it to
1: want to know what people see the, the scene in context and big? And well, it's cool. Actually, the, uh, the the best shot of mine that has appeared in a trailer is is actually from Lost World, um, where. Uh, Tim Alexander was my compositor, and now he's like one of the great visual effects supervisors whose name I should have mentioned a, a few minutes ago. Um, but uh, there's a shot that Tim and I did where the Jeep is going through the herd of dinosaurs, and the sun is setting off in the distance, and there's long shadows coming mm-hmm. out, and uh, you know the dinosaurs are, are running to your left and to your right while the, the sun is going down. And um, that... Appeared not only in the trailer, but they uh, took a still from that shot and made one of their uh, posters out of it. So I got to see one of my shots actually uh, make a, a poster. Very cool. So, what advice would you give to anybody who wants to work at ILM? You got to be good. You <laughs> got, well, and, and you, not only do you have to be good, but you've got to be good both artistically and technically because you will be asked to learn some pretty. Intense software, um, so you got to be ready for that and, and and able to do that kind of thing. But you, you know, you've got to you're going to be working with other artists who are, you know, as, as good as it gets. And so, you know, if you're one of them, you know, that's that's what it's going to take. And it, it, it's not easy. And and I, I I should say this about the industry now, um, the. Things have changed, you know. I was very fortunate to have been doing visual effects work at Industrial Light and Magic during the, you know, early 90s to the to the mid 2000s, because during that time I, I stayed with one company for 12 years, and um, there was always a new project to work on. You would always be finishing up one project before uh, and, and starting to ramp on to the next project as you were finishing the previous one. Um, but that paradigm is quite rare these days, as is production work done in the United States. Um, so, you know, these days I tell my students, you know, the reality is, you're going to be going to other countries. You're going to be going from one project to the next project to the next project. You're not going to be able to buy a house. You're not going to be able to, you know, put down roots, at least not not initially. So. Um, You know, the paradigm is changing. And and I think in in the future, the paradigm may change further back in in my court where you can do the work from anywhere at any time. Um, So I think those days are coming too, but uh, I'm not so sure production is my future path anyway.
0: So you mentioned we can find you on the Mommy Blu-ray and DVD. Uh, Where else can we find you online?
1: (laughs) Well, you know... I have this thing, I've been keeping a pretty low digital footprint. I don't have my own website right no. now. Isn't that surprising? It is. Um, one day, I, I, I will go live, but you can, uh, you can always find my reel on Vimeo, type in Ed Kramer, uh, as I mentioned, K1M, um, and you should find me. Beware, there's, a, there's another Ed Kramer out there who's a, a different guy than me. Um, so make sure you're on the me rather than the him.
0: The visual effects guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. He he's got some science fiction background as well, but uh, you know, it, it. If people get on there and look into it, they'll be just, able just to, to, to tell us apart. Yeah, just
0: make sure you find the good uh, visual effects at Kramer. You know, the one that has real movie credential, and um, and that's where you should find him. Ed, thank you for taking time to talk to us. It's an honor.
1: Well, my pleasure. I had no idea you were here. I just happened to be walking by and saw a microphone with a big red nose on it. And so the coincidence of that happening uh, right near Red Nose Day was just too much for me to pass up. Right.
0: And, you know, we love movies here, obviously. So we appreciate it. And we appreciate your contributions to movies themselves because those scenes stay with me
1: well thanks dude i appreciate the fact that even at your uh, young age you knew the years correctly of those movies oh. you were talking about oh
0: that was easy that was <laughs> easy <laughs> thank you so much sir right. i appreciate it bye-bye bye thank you for listening to this exclusive real Nerds interview at denver comic-con 2015 and we'll see you next year visit our website realnerdspodcast.com you can tweet us at real underscore nerds you can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? seven two zero six nerds 5 And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.